Welcome to Ariel Talk Time, hosted by business intuitive, entrepreneur, and founder of Ariel, Victoria Lynn Weston. Listen to her thought-provoking interviews with inspiring leaders, creators, and intuitive thinkers who share their stories and lifestyle tips to enhance your way of living. And we're inviting you to join our conversation. If you like this interview, please post a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Hello, everyone. It's Victoria. I am the host of Ariel Talk Time. Thank you for tuning in. And if you get a chance, I'd really like it if you'd go and post a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Before I get to my guests, I want to say it's another episode of All About Dreams, and my guest is David Lowe, Dr. David Lowe. He's a dream expert practitioner. I call him a dream guru because he can help you understand your dreams. After all, as he says, it's all about connecting with spirituality and God. But first, I want to introduce you to Studio Carlton. If you're looking to have your own Alexa skill, because remember, we're going into the age of voice. So people aren't going to be sitting at their desk Googling queries on feng shui consultants or intuitives or chiropractors. They're going to be speaking into their Amazon Echo devices or their smartphones. They're going to be asking for a feng shui consultant and so on. Whatever your brand and your business is, it's really important today to participate in the age of voice. There are predictions that by 2020, 60% of queries are all going to be done by voice. Well, Studio Carlton creates and customizes Alexa skills and also skills for Microsoft Contana and Google Home. So if you're thinking about wanting to voice your brand, so to speak, reach out to Studio Carlton and mention my name, and they will be very competitive to help you have your own Alexa skill. You can do anything. You can have, you know, question and answer. You can just upload tips. Ariel, in fact, has Ariel Feng Shui, where you get to hear a daily Feng Shui tip. And there's always a call to action. In this case, it directs you to a specific landing page. There's Ariel Positive Living daily tips, and it's all the members from Ariel, and they provide these outstanding daily tips of inspiration, motivation, practical insight on Feng Shui, about dreams, about intuition, about astrology, about spirituality, and how important that is in our life. So you can enable those skills, by the way, on Amazon.com, But which is really nifty what you can do with your own Alexa skill. It can be just these daily tips, or you can ask questions. Let's just say you have uh, a feng shui skill. Since we're talking about feng shui, you could say, uh, open feng shui. I want to know what feng shui is. How will feng shui help me in my health, et cetera, et cetera. So you kind of get the job. But just go visit studiocarlton.com, reach out to them, and have them build your own Alexa skill. Okay, let's go connect with David and see what we can learn today about dreams, our spirituality, and God. Hey, David, it's a pleasure to have you here again. We have our usual monthly series thereabouts, and we talk about dreams, and you are a dream expert, and you help people with their dreams, helping them to analyze their dreams so they can glean information and help them on on their path, whether that relates to issues with relationships, both positive and maybe not so positive and and spiritual reality and even in their careers and that. I mean, dreams really do offer, you know, a a ton of insight. First, I'm going to use the quote that you provided me, and the quote is by Tertullian. Am I pronouncing that right? Tertullian? Tertullian, yeah. Tertullian. The greater part of humanity receives its knowledge of God from dreams. 
Now, that's very exciting. And you have, from the onset, have always talked about dreams and bringing us closer to spirituality and that. But let's look at this quote. Let's peel it back, and you tell me why that dream should be true. Well, it's really interesting. Uh, Tertullian wrote, he's, he's from, he's from uh, the second century. He wrote during a time, he's one of, one of the original church fathers, Christian church fathers, and he wrote and spoke during a time before Christianity had really defined itself as a religion. Okay. So he speaks directly to us and, um, Orthodox religion, which came into being after he spoke and wrote, says that dreams are essentially, um, delusional. Um, they're looked upon with suspicion as being either delusional or perhaps even demonic. Okay, by folks in Orthodox religion. Okay, but yeah. So Tertullian was one of the church fathers, and he 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 wrote from the second century before Christianity had even defined itself. Okay, so you know Orthodox religion tells us that dreams are essentially delusional, demonic. You know, God spoke to the great prophets thousands centuries ago. He doesn't speak to people anymore, according to them. That's nonsense. Tertullian knew that, and he speaks to us today, saying that dreams. In, in whatever obscure way, are essentially revealing material from higher reality, or from God, you might say. Uh, our knowledge of God comes from dreams, and that knowledge is, uh, of higher reality is, is obscure, and most dreams are obscure. And we need to take the time to fathom what they're telling us to get a better sense of what that higher reality is for each of us ourselves. Well, is there a way that we can tell that these are God dreams as opposed to you know, random, you know, dreams that we have in the day that what I call kind of clutter dreams are just sort of you're, you're sort of working out what happened today and you're, you know, at work today or yesterday, that kind of stuff, because not every dream is really a God dream or a spiritual dream. So how do we determine which is which? Well, my understanding is that all dreams are to some extent God dreams insofar as they all come from the same mechanism of, of like the psychic faculties that 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 we all have do. um do pick up this stuff from higher reality and do portray it for us. Most of the time it's pretty humdrum because our level of interest isn't that great. And most dreams are not, you know, big, uh, big, important dreams, which give us a powerful experience that we remember for the rest of our lives. So um, there are occasional literal dreams in which God or whatever wants to be sure that we get it, you know, and those are big dreams, which we remember. But for the most part, most dreams do have a God element in them, even though it's just very obscure and low level, if you will. They all they, they all come, to, come from the same mechanism of those psychic faculties we have scanning higher reality. So they're all, to, to some extent, God dreams, even if even if the ones that we remember associated with 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 spirituality are the big exceptional ones. They all have a spiritual dimension of some kind or other. Can you sort of give me an example of a dream that was really about maybe a communication with God or something that, you know, based on this quote? Is there anything like that, like a, a short summary that you can share? Sure. Okay. So so um, when I was living in an ashram some time ago and going through a lot of confusion, an ashram is a spiritual community, I had a dream in which my guru, the spiritual teacher that I follow, came to me in this great vision. You know, wow, there she is. He didn't say anything. It was just this powerful vision of this person. You know, it's like Jesus. It wasn't Jesus. It didn't have to be Jesus in my case, but it was this great spiritual teacher. So that is a dream and a clear indicator of don't worry. I'm here. I'm for you. I'm with you. You can with you throughout the day. The, the clear implication of it is 
I'm here. I'm with you. Don't worry about it. Okay. Or um, another dream I had, which, which, which I probably shared with you um, some time ago, um, of a more practical sort in which a voice told me, um, you know, to, uh, stay away from this person. That's not the right one for you. Okay. So I remember of, that dream. I remember. It. Yeah, we've said that one before. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Change yeah. your whole life, as a matter of fact. Yeah, what it was, I'll briefly reiterate it for our listeners. Um, I was thinking of, thinking of getting involved with a certain woman. And um, the day before I was going to call her, I had a dream that night. And there were two things. There's only two. It, it, it was what I call an audio dream, just sound, no images. And there were two things in it. One, a baby squalling and that woman nagging. That told me right off, you're not ready to be a father. She's not the right one for you. Stay away, you know. So if I hadn't have heeded that dream, I think my life would be very different in perhaps not so positive ways. Well, exactly, exactly. So you were yeah. forewarned, and you're one of the people that paid attention to your dreams. Now, there's a lot of people out there that, that have those types of dreams, which I sort of call, you know, intuitive dreams, precognitive dreams. They're telling you a little bit about the future, and then they kind of ignore it, and then they learn to regret those later. I had a dream I shared with this uh, a while ago myself where I was ending a uh, a uh, relationship, a marriage, and it was, it was kind of a, you know, not so great of a marriage anyway. But in the dream, even before I decided to, I had this dream. I guess that's the point. I had the dream that I was in this beautifully white casket. You know, it was all the hardware was, you know, bronze or, you know, sparkly, goldy looking stuff. And right. that he was carrying me to the cemetery. Well, the cemetery was beautiful. It was up on a hill. All the tombstones were white. They were pretty it was all candle lit and everything and they carried me to this cemetery and um i sort of looked at that at the time and um i was relatively young in my you know mid-20s i just sort of looked at that death of old ways and new beginnings but you went on a little bit further in saying that that was really more of a spiritual style dream oh yeah that that um now that you now that you're telling me that again it comes uh with even greater detail as a real, as it's like a lot of classic, classic images in that dream. But, but the, the, the idea that he, that he is carrying your casket, death almost always in some sense or other refers to transformation. Okay. Um, so you are being transformed from that relationship into some greater state of being. Okay. And he is the usher for it. So uh, implicitly or not, you had, you, you had his blessings as as for to to undertake the course of action of breaking up that relationship and moving on to something more profound and fulfilling and the fact that 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 that, that, that the whole casket and gravesite is so well appointed is all the more indicative of how of how majestic if you will that eventual transformation could be for you and i hope perhaps was so yeah that that's that's cool i mean the, you die that that's 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 clearly transformation beyond that relationship. And the fact that, 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 that everything is so gorgeous and well appointed would indicate that it's a very uh, fortuitous transformation that, that, or change that you would be undergoing. Well, right. And even the audio, and the audio I was hearing, they were taking me away. I remember, I remember being a little bit scared about that. They're taking me away. They're taking me away. And, uh, so that was sort of the other part of the, uh, the, uh, the dream. Yeah. Yeah, but that that that's auspicious dream overall, I would say. Yeah, so things worked out anyway. Yeah, they did, and my life became much better. But I also looked at that relationship as being one of those things where, 
you sort of had to go to to get to third base. You know what I mean? Things come in our life, and and good, bad, or indifferent, we learn from them. We learn from people, and and sometimes maybe maybe things you get a little lackadaisical when you have these sort of profound experiences through dreams, as we're discussing, and um, being able to understand those dreams. Now, a lot of people might have had something similar about a dream like that as death and that being transformational. And that's where you can come in really guide people because people get dreamed, they toss them aside, and they don't really take what's the sort of valuable nuggets there to help them along the way. Or, you know, because it could be kind of scary. Maybe things become less scary as a result of that as well. Yeah, dreams of death are really, really auspicious overall. Um, they're always indicative of some kind of transformation or, 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 or change. And uh, it, on the one hand, it's frightening because you will be changing. On the other hand, it's very exciting and auspicious because that change will lead to something greater and better. Um, and the uh, we have dreams like that because, I mean, for, for the most part, um, the, those of us with faith that, that there is something out there guiding us to some greater state of being, we understand that that the implicit communication is don't worry about it. Just go ahead and live your life the best way you can. Be alert and vigilant and do things as you're supposed to do them and things will turn out okay. You will be undergoing you will be undergoing some changes, but if you maintain your normal alertness in life, things will turn out okay. Yeah. For sure. Well let's talk about the biological dream, which kind of in a way to me is part of those dreams that are kind of just, you know, no nonsense kind of. I mean, they're just part of the clutter through the day or just, you know, working through the day kind of thing. But you seem to think people that have these dreams that have no meaning at all. Is that true? No, well, I, I thought, I thought that, that, that we could very, I thought that we could very briefly uh, review theories of dreams because it helps people appreciate indirectly what dreams are really about for the most part. So yeah, there are, sci- there are some hard-nosed scientists who think that dreams are purely a byproduct of like of like neurochemical interactions, molecular processes in the brain, which which take place there during the night with, with all the maintenance that brains have to go through and so forth. That dreams are a random byproduct of those chemical interactions. Okay, and there's probably about one. There's probably about point oh oh one percent of truth to that, but that's not what most people think but it is a place where some really hard nosed most scientists are really more open minded than that but some are still pretty hard nosed in that regard there's purely empirical so yeah that, that that that's one category of dream theory which is still followed by some folks out there the great majority of people interested in dreams think more of them than that but there are still some folks who are interested only at that level if you will of understanding dreams um yeah, so, and what, what was the next category that I had there? Cognitive, right? Cognitive, yeah. The next one was cognitive dreams. And, and then you say researchers, in essence, think that we dream in order to forget. Yeah, so so there's a whole class of theories relating to cognitive function. Um, uh, things going from short-term to long-term memory, uh, old old concepts being thrown out, and, uh, other existing concepts being revised, new concepts being integrated into the brain. All that happens at night to some extent, and dreams are thought by those particular researchers to be a byproduct of that. I mean, and one of the prominent theories in that category is the notion that dreams represent material or are byproducts of, of, of processes involved in getting rid of old ideas or forgetting things. So the content of dreams might have something to do with the things that 
the things that we are intentionally forgetting or throwing out. But for the most part, again, it's completely random byproducts of those electrical processes instead of just molecular processes. Yeah, so cognitive theories of dream pretty much um, don't attribute any meaning to them. They're just byproducts of cognitive processes or electrical processes that go on at night dealing with knowledge in the brain. Yeah. Well, what about the orthodox psychological dreams? I mean, you, you equate Sigmund Freud to this. No, the, 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 it, this is interesting because, you know, even today, dreams continue to be thought primarily in terms of psychoanalytic theory. Um, not Freud, but that of his successors and more generally of orthodox psychology, which does accept the notion that dreams can reflect memories and understandings all the way back to first trimester. OK, in the womb, people do have pre-birth memories and pre-birth traumas. And whether pre-birth or not, we all have you know, a huge volume of memories uh, held unconsciously, subconsciously, and that dreams can can reflect those things and can be worked with to help us understand, you know, traumas and suppressed memories and all this sort of thing in therapy. So there are dream workers who are in sort of the uh, the mainstream psychological school, if you will, who work with dreams, but who don't believe that they represent who don't believe that they represent anything more profound than material from this lifetime, going all the going all the way back conceivably to to the first trimester. They don't go back further than that, they think. So these folks don't subscribe to reincarnation. Okay, um, that's what I mean by orthodox psychology. Only from birth on, uh, we have our our memories, our culture have shaped who we are from that time, and dreams can reflect all that material and be worked with to help us um, understand unconscious material and, and and get over traumas and so forth. That's orthodox psychology. Yeah. Yeah. But that's Does not that still have to do with Freud, though? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, Freud starred the whole thing. And um, I mean, the, the very notion that 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 dreams reflect unconscious material in a systematic way and that we can work with them to understand deeper levels of our unconscious, that started with him. And that insight, of course, is foundational to most psychology when it comes to working with dreams. The difference is that, that, that most, of the, um, most of the more liberal thinking um, new age psychologists, which is pretty much most dream workers, do, do subscribe to the notion of reincarnation and do think that, um, that dreams can reflect personally remembered material from further back than one lifetime. And dreams can also reflect material from deeper levels of reality, underneath culture, underneath language, the archetypal realm. Okay. Folks in the orthodox psychology orientation don't think that. Dreams can reflect knowledge, but only going back to but only going back to conception, the first trimester. Further than further back than that, they don't think exists. Okay. Really? But yeah, but so so you can work with dreams viably with that with that orientation. But if if you have a deeper spiritual orientation of a more mystical kind, then you can understand dreams more deeply than that. They can reveal stuff from previous lifetimes. They can reveal deeper profound things from beneath culture which which do influence you spiritually. Yeah, so there is that distinction between Orthodox mainstream psychology and new age 
um, liberal thinking psychology, if you will, when it comes to dreams. Yeah. And what about the new age spiritual dream? I mean, in some sense, this would be kind of a new category. Well, no, I mean, like I was just saying, most dream workers of any kind of liberal bent who do acknowledge that, that um, the notion that 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 um, that who we are comes not just from this lifetime, but 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 from previous lifetimes and that who we are doesn't just come from a superficial understanding of psychology since birth, but we're also a deeper level of our being goes beneath culture, beneath language. We are, we are also foundational creatures based in the deeper reality of God, of the, of Godhead, of, 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 of source, truth, light, whatever it is that we all came out of. Each of us is anchored in our core at that deepest level of reality. Okay. So most dream workers who, you know, work with them therapeutically do have that orientation. They do think that way about reality. Okay, there are folks in, in the more mainstream psychology camp who don't believe that deeper stuff, but who do think that dreams can help us with stuff uh, from memories in this life. Um, the other, most dream workers think more deeply than that and do think that dreams can reflect the deeper spiritual dimension of who we are. Yeah. Well, how about the different levels of meaning? For the same dream, like a dream can have more than one meaning. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so let me give you an example. Um, I had a student uh, some years ago. She was in my one of my religion classes, and um, she has a boyfriend overseas in Iraq. He's just in the Marines, and this is what she dreamed: I am making cookies for the Marine Corps birthday. I burn the cookies. The kitchen is filled with smoke. That's a whole dream. Okay, so to make this more interactive, say you had say your husband was in the Marines and he was overseas serving and so forth. And you have a dream. I'm making cookies for the Marine Corps birthday. Maybe it's her birthday. Maybe it's his birthday. I don't know. And I burn the cookies. The kitchen is filled with smoke. Um, what would that mean? What would that mean? I mean, the, the, right. the, the cookies the, this, came out. Well, that she's trying to be perfectionist, and maybe things didn't come out the way she wanted. Well, she what? But she interpreted this in a, in a very superficial way to refer directly to to her immediate emotional state. This dream shows that my worry on how I went to do nice things, but it, but it either does not come out well, or it goes up in smoke. So she's generally depressed and discouraged about the fact that her boyfriend's overseas. He might be thinking about other things than her. Maybe he's uh, she's missing him. Maybe he's forgot about her. And um, she's really bummed out about him being overseas. And so she she takes that dream and 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 refers to it as has coming from that. OK, for, 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 for as reflecting her immediate emotional state. Um, I would say it's probably deeper than that. It's going to be something like, you know, I don't know her. I don't know the issue she has with her boyfriend, so I really couldn't tell um, well, what the dream was saying. But it's going to be something like um, she's trying to be part of her boyfriend's world uh, and maybe the only way that she knows how, but it's not working. And something like that, or the, it would seem that she would have to rethink what her relationship is to him and whether she has a place in his life or not. And that, um, you know, her relationship to him as a Marine or, or, or to the Marine Corps isn't 
isn't what she would like it to be or is it really possible that it can be anything more than just bacon cookies or something like that? She does have some somewhat of a relationship with him in the Marines, but she doesn't really know what it means to be in the Marines, you know, and she has to accept that at some deeper level. It's going to be something along those lines. But I don't know. Very interesting. So how did the woman, I mean, this is a person that came to you, it was a student's dream. How did, so you helped her interpret that then, what did they glean from it? How did that help them to the day-to-day, you know, affairs of life? I never actually talked to her about this dream. Um, we didn't have a chance to, to, to go over it. But um, at the, I guess the main thing that, that I want to point out is that she, she, she interpreted this primarily in terms of, of, of her own immediate feelings and understandings. It reflects what she's going through in terms of her depression, her the fact that she misses him, and so forth. Um, but it, it's um, it's about more than that. It's about a deeper understanding that 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 that, that um, she has to contemplate regarding her relationship to him, um, uh, the degree of understanding that she can ever have with being in the Marines, and to what extent can she really contribute or be part of his life. Maybe not, maybe not, maybe not as much as she thinks. You know, this is, this is the sort of thing which the dream is asking her to contemplate, I would think. But no, I did not get a chance to work with her on this dream. So what do you think it means? It would be, again, I don't know her or the particular issues which she, she, she has with her boyfriend, whether she's argued, whether she has recent argued, whether she's recently argued with him or not, or whether they're getting along well whether they've been writing back and forth or not and so forth, what they've been talking about. But it definitely overall indicates that <clears throat> that um, she needs to contemplate to what extent can she really relate to him being in the Marines and does she need to worry about um, not being able to identify with his Marine Corps aspect or not, okay? Um, she shouldn't worry about or be insecure about the fact that she can't possibly you know, be one of his, be one of his buddies. She can't possibly identify with him out and, and out in the field in combat. Um, she can try to a little bit. She can be part of him to, to make parties and birthdays and that sort of thing, but she can't identify any further than that. And maybe that's something um, that she needs to accept. It's going to be something along those lines. If I were to work with her and and understand more specifics about their relationship. Very interesting. Well, let's just do a quick summary here. So why do we dream? A, we have biological dreams, and you say some people think that those dreams have no meaning at all. Now, I would just flatly disagree with that because I think every dream means something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but, but, uh, so who are the people that have that they think that have dreams that have no meaning to them? Well, they, they like this, just uh, flat, uh, flat out skeptics or what? I mean, well, what's interesting is that dreams are what you make them. And dreams are, will, your understanding of dreams is to, in a lot of cases, a person's, a dreamer's understanding of dreams is, is going to reflect their own understandings of life. So if you think that empirical reality is all there is, that there isn't anything more profound about life than, than the superficial meaning it seems to have for us as sophisticated animals, um, then that is going to be what your understanding of dreams is about. Those particular scientists, the, the, those particular individuals who had that understanding, never had powerful dreams in which they 
um, in which in which the dream helped them understand something important about themselves. They never had or 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 read too much about accounts of people who's who who who've had transformative dreams and gained great understanding of themselves through dreams. Um, if they had opened their minds. 20 years ago to those kinds of experiences and read about them, or if they had 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 any of those experiences themselves, then they would doubtless be more open to the notion that dreams do have meaning. Okay. But some folks, whether because of, because of their own limited personal experience, um, are not, are not willing to attribute to dreams anything more than just, 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 uh, than just a random molecular origin. Yeah. So your own experience is going to determine what you think of dreams um, most of the time. Yeah. Well, very good. So you are what you call a dream work practitioner. And so how does someone like yourself, you have a, an extensive background, a PhD and a master's. Um, and how does some, how do you make that segue from being a professor into a dream work practitioner? You do that by realizing that, um, well, uh, uh, Religion and spirituality does involve a deeper mystical dimension and understanding of what the human being is when it comes to spiritual growth and unfolding. And dreams, one of one, one of the great pieces of overall wisdom that 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 you know traditional cultures and so forth tell us from all over the world, from people's anecdotal and official accounts, is that dreams do often have meaning and. Quite often, across all cultures and all time periods, are precognitive, have powerful messages to communicate, or definitely indicate something something about the person's life. That, wow, that is absolutely true. It's either precognitive; it confirms something for them. It predicts something about the future powerfully, which later turns out to be true. Um, occasional dreams in all times and places have done that with people, and so it's been very evident and natural that part of a person's spiritual growth. And unfolding does involve dreams. And when it comes to religious studies as, as an academic discipline, some people, some people study religion with an emphasis on psychology and, and individual spiritual growth, which is what I did. Okay. I didn't study religion with a mind to understanding sociology or with a mind to understanding politics or that sort of thing, which is what a lot of religious studies people do. I studied it with the intention of a greater, of getting greater understanding of what, of what, of what the internal profound human being is all about when it comes to spiritual growth and unfolding. So that's how I made that segue for sure. And I understand that you talk to clients by telephone and on Skype and any other, you know, sort of, um, vehicle like that to sort of help people understand their dreams. I say it's really good to reach out to someone like yourself because, A, it's a lot less expensive than going to a union psychotherapist, which is, you know, two $300 or more an hour. Right. And at least then they can come to you and you can give them a lot of insight about their dreams, just as, to me, is, is as good as any union therapist that way. Now, some people are going to want to know how do they keep track of their dream? Let's say they're preparing to have a session with you. Should they have a bunch of dreams in order before they talk to you? Or is it just one burning dream that they need some insight on? How to best utilize someone like yourself to help them with dreams? Someone like that 
in in a phone or Skype conversation or or, or 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 through email even, will have enough material off the top of their head for me to be able to work with. Um, what I would do in working with a person like that is to sort of piece apart when they had what dream um, and so forth. I would, uh, I would construct um, a timetable for, um, uh, as a result of working with them in terms of what dreams they'd had when. But what, what they can do, obviously, is write down their dreams. Or if they, if they don't have time to write down the whole dream, then make some major bullet points of specific images specific images and things that were said, just major things in the dreams. You can spend five minutes a day making making bullet points instead of 40 minutes a day writing a whole dream down, which yeah, dreams can take a long time to record. A really complicated dream can take a half hour to write down. Who has that kind of time? A lot of people don't. So just some basic bullet points every day, major images and things will do the trick in terms of time availability for uh, um, um, to uh, organize material for our session. Well, very good. And people can reach out to you and schedule a session. They can contact you by email. And that is david at worldspirituality.com. They can also learn a lot about you and, and click to set up a session with you on ariel.com under the membered, I mean, under the featured members section as well as your own website. And tell me again what the website is. David Lowe, L-O-W, no E, David Lowe, M-S, PhD.com. Well, terrific. It's been a pleasure as always. And I want to invite everybody else to go to Ariel. And uh, there's a link there to look at all the interviews and conversations we've had uh, in regards to dreams and how you work and how dreams can be very beneficial for people. And everything is always very confidential with you. So people don't have to worry about if you share something that you're going to go run around and, and dissect it, you know, at a, at a student conference or something to that effect. So I think that's important also to note. Okay. Thank all right. you. It's been a pleasure, and we'll talk again soon. Okay, take care, Victoria. Bye now. Tune in next time, as there's always something new to learn on Ariel Talk Time. If you're a professional lifestyle consultant looking to expand your brand, gain more recognition, or to be featured with an exceptional group of inspiring professionals, join Ariel. Visit ariel.com.